Hi, I'm New England Patriots running back and Super Bowl champ James White, and you listen to the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. Go Pats! What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another new episode of the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. Finally got our schedules to match. AJ, what is going on, man? The people have been asking if we finally get you on. This is our third show for the week. How are you doing? Doing pretty great. I'm glad uh, our schedules have sorted themselves out. And I'm looking forward to throwing out some new content for you guys. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to have you back. It's uh, it's gonna be nice to like you know, bounce some stuff off of you instead of just talking to myself for an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Screw that. We're back. Full force, baby. Full force, and boy oh boy, do we have a full slate of games on Sunday. So real quick, before we talk about all the games coming up, what was your uh, your brief takeaway of the Bengals Browns game on Thursday night? The Browns ended up winning 35-30, but uh, I feel like it wasn't that close. I feel like the Browns really had their way when this game. I think the Browns' offense finally looked, you know, pretty good. Uh, what was your thoughts on it, though? I think I think Baker was fired up. I think he was – he had some extra motivation uh, because before the game, they were making a big deal, like these two number one picks going at it. And uh, – what I took away is Joe Burrow is that dude. He looks really good. Uh, I'm not impressed with what AJ Green's been doing, but honestly, Joe Burrow looks good. And and there's a world where the Bengals can be two and zero right now. Both games are running very close. If if Burrow didn't get strip sacked uh, last night, or you know the game before, you know everybody saw what happened with that. So I mean, there's a there's a there's a world where the Bengals could be two and zero right now, which is disgusting. But uh, yeah. what I took away from it, Joe Burrow looks really good, and I mean the, the Browns' running game, the potential is just insane. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Now, it is crazy that Joe Burrow threw the ball sixty-one times. That is just outrageous. I don't know if we're going to see another quarterback throw it over sixty times this season. That was <clears throat> that's wild. I'm glad you brought up. Uh, AJ Green though you know everyone out there knows I'm an AJ Green guy I'm actually I'm actually feeling pretty optimistic through the first two weeks um yes he didn't come through for you in fantasy this week um but the bright spot is he had 13 targets 13 only caught three of them now some of them were on him some of them were on Burrow uh the Browns really keyed in on him on defense. They put their best corners on him the whole game. But just the fact that he had 13 targets, like once Burrow uh, and A.J. Green, because you got to remember, A.J. Green was, he had the hamstring issue. So he didn't have time to really get the chemistry going with Burrow to start the season. And there was no preseason, obviously. So the fact that Burrow is keying in on him this much, once the chemistry is there and once those two are on the same page, if AJ Green's gonna get double digit targets a game, fucking sign me up, man. Sign yeah, me up. At the same time though, he he attempted sixty one passes, but only thirteen of them 
Yeah, 13 targets seems like a lot, but when you're attempting 61 passes, where are they going? Uh, oddly enough, they went to Drew Sample. I'm not sure if you heard of him. Big ass white boy, backup tight end. Yeah, he looked fantastic. Did you see that one handed catch? He had nine targets. And uh, CJ Uzmanzada had Uzma, Uzmanzada. Why am I thinking? Uzmanzada, Uzmanzada. let's go. (laughs) So just the tight ends alone combined for what? 15 targets with the two tight ends. And then sleeper alert. CJ tore the Achilles. Yeah, he did. So sample that, kid, that, that backup looks pretty good. I, I'm not saying you know, drop what you're doing right now and go pick him up, but I mean, you, maybe I am. I mean, you, you can't right now anyway because you have to wait for the Sunday and Monday games to finish since uh, Sample already played. So you probably can't go and grab him right now. But I figure he's going to be one of the popular names to target. Uh, the wide receivers, though, it was nice to see Tyler Boyd get on track. Uh, Boyd had eight targets. He brought in seven of them for 72 yards and a touchdown late in the game. So if you had Tyler Boyd, you like seeing that. Um, AJ Green, again, I'm optimistic. He led the team. He led everybody with targets with 13. That is fantastic. Hopefully the target value would get uh, stays there and Burrow can, you know, get on the same page with him because uh, I still believe that AJ Green is a good receiver in this league. So optimistic on the Bengals side, the Brown side, like you said, that's the scariest running back one-two punch I think I've ever seen. It's not fair that both these guys are on that team. It's like you use Nick Chubb. You can like you can just alternate drives. You can use Nick Chubb for the first drive, and then the next drive just bring in Kareem Hunt, or you just run Chubb until he's tired and he needs a breather, and you bring in a running back who is arguably just as good, and you just yeah. let him take over. It's it's insane. Yeah, as much as 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 much as I'm, you know, I'm not a Kareem Hunt guy. I mean, if you look at the team, like as individuals, Nick Chubb talent wise is top five. At run at the running back position, he's a top five talent. Graham Hunt's top ten talent. So, I mean, it, if these guys each were the bell cow of a team, they would be like top fantasy options. It's yeah. unfortunate they're on the same team, but if they can perform like they did last night, they're both extremely obviously fantasy available. See, it's unfortunate that uh, Cream Hunt ended up signing that contract extension because I, oh, I mean, could you imagine like if he was playing in like Miami or something or just like a spot where he was the only name in town, like he'd go right back to being a top ten running back on a week to week basis. Like he's that talented and he he's more versatile than Nick Chubb. Cream Hunt is a elite pass catcher. That's something that the Browns don't even use Nick Chubb for anymore because like why would we like? We can bring in this fucking superstar running back and throw him the rock. So, uh, yeah, the Browns look good. Odell go out a touchdown. Uh, I'm sure the Odell owners out there like rejoice, be happy. Like he finally came through for you. It took uh, it took a long time, dating back to last season. He just unbelievably inconsistent. On the replay, I actually thought that his knee was down, and I was like, oh, it happened again. Odell with the big play. They're going to take the touchdown back, and then Nick Chubb's going to punch it in from one yard out. I was waiting for it, uh, but they gave him the touchdown, so that was nice to see. I don't have any Odell shares. I realized that when that when that touchdown play happened, I was like, oh, let me pull up all my leagues and see where I started him. I don't even have him in a single league. I Luckily, him in one of one of my opponents had him and benched him. So I was very happy about that. I have Odell. I traded for Odell. Uh, I think I, I got him off of... I think I got him off of Peak. 
big fantasy in our uh, dynasty league. And um, yeah, I, I got I got him and Breeze. So last, but I also drafted Joe Burrow number one overall in the rookie draft. So last night was pretty fun because Burrow balled out, you know, Dub balled out, and I got a nice, nice juicy lead after the Thursday night games. Yep. Uh, it was definitely an entertaining game for sure. Do like the way that Burrow looks. Uh, I'm just waiting for him and AJ Green to get on the same page. I think that's enough talking about Thursday night, though, because we got to talk about Sunday afternoon, and we have a lot Sweet. of games to get to. So let's start right at the top, okay? We got your New York Giants. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Traveling to Chicago to face the 1-0 Chicago Bears. Now, in this game, the Bears are favored by 5 and a half. And the over-under is 42, which is on the on the low side. That's a low over-under. Um, what in this game? Oh, you know, I'm going to take this one first because I, I feel like I have to defend my guy for some reason. I don't know why I have to, but. <sighs> All right, guys, if you're, at the, if you're listening right now, get closer to the speaker. I want you to hear me. Hear me clearly. Saquon Barkley is going to be just fine. People are overreacting because Pittsburgh threw 11 guys straight at him every single play. He still ended up putting up double-digit fantasy points, and he let he was tied for the lead. Uh, he was tied for the lead, uh, the team in targets. He's going to be just fine, and I am predicting it right now. I'm planting my flag. Saquon Barkley is going to fucking massacre the Chicago Bears. The Bears let Adrian Peterson rush for damn near 100 yards. Old-ass Adrian Peterson. And now you get, you're bringing in a Saquon Barkley who's frustrated. He's been catching shit all week. This is going to be the Saquon show, and I don't care who knows it. Yeah, see, I, I don't have any shares to Saquon. Um, I'm, I mean, from, as, a, as an outsider looking in, I guess. I don't have any worry about Saquon. Saquon's going to do his thing. It's just, when you draft Saquon on your fantasy team, you need to understand and deal with the harsh reality that the Giants are just not a good team. And their offensive line every year, every single year you hear, oh, the Giants are line, oh, they're working on the line, oh, this and that. It doesn't matter. They drafted Nate, I mean, they traded, well, they signed Nate Solder a couple years ago. Awful. Terrible. Like, it's total night and day from what he was in New England. It's like, I mean, yeah, they drafted that guy early this year, but it's just they didn't look good in week one. So, I mean, you got Colin Mack lining up against this offensive line. I think he's going to terrorize this this Giants offensive line. Uh, I mean, the, the, see, the player I'm looking for to, to bounce back in this game is also a Giant, but it is Evan Ingram. I think a lot of people see Evan Ingram as a, t- a very high upside tight end like basically this guy is a beast but he gets hurt constantly he's healthy he had he was he had no impact in week one and i know this isn't you know an easy matchup for him but i mean he in my opinion he's the best receiving option on this team so he needs to really step up and, and i'm looking forward to uh seeing what he does against this tough matchup so I mean Evan Ingram is the player I'm watching this week in this game yeah now Evan Ingram did lead all tight ends by a mile uh, for his team he had seven targets seven targets he only caught two of them 
two for nine. That is not good at all. Uh, no. I think he, I think he can definitely bounce back here. But like I said, and you can quote me on this. You can give me shit if it doesn't come true. But I think Saquon Barkley is going to feast against the Bears. Um, on on the Bear side of the ball, I want to see David Montgomery. David Montgomery, he had the groin injury. People were worried that he was going to miss multiple weeks. He played week one. He had 13 carries for 64 yards. Not bad. And uh, just watching him play, he didn't look like a guy that was hurt. So I think that was pretty optimistic. I think he's going to continue to be a really safe uh, volume play at least. And against the Giants defense, I mean, David Montgomery could be a kind of a sneaky start here. David Montgomery is a player. I, I had some shares of him last year. I wasn't impressed. I'm still not impressed. But he's a guy I was I was I'll admit I was trying to buy low in a couple of my leagues because it's just they don't have too many options up there. And uh and Montgomery is he's a, a talented back, it's just it didn't work last year. So I was trying to buy low on him in a few leagues, you know, get him for freaking nothing, you know, bench players and just, you know, maybe get a, a low end flex out of it. Um I'm, honestly, I'm not really looking forward to any players on the Bears, fantasy-wise. But, I mean, if I have to pick one, I'm kind of interested to see where Allen Robinson said that. You know, we had all that, you know, all that nonsense come out this week about how he was demanding a trade. He deleted the Bears off all of his social media pages and whatnot. And then he talks to the, you know, the owner, and now magically he's okay again. So if they're going to keep losing, I think he's going to keep causing issues. Um, but, I mean, again, he's a good guy. He's a, he was a decently high pick in fantasy this year. So anytime there's a contract dispute with a player you spent an early pick on, you got to kind of keep your eyes on the situation. So I'm kind of curious to see what he does this week. Yeah, I hear you. I think Alan Robinson will be just fine. Before we move on to the next game, though, we got to at least mention Darius Slayton, right? I mean, the dude went for a six for 102 and two touchdowns. Um, I think Slayton is another one of those boom-bust plays. It definitely helped him that uh, Pittsburgh really sold out to stop the run. Um, And to help Slayton again, there was also no uh, Golden Tate. It looks like Golden Tate is on track to play this weekend. They said that he's still questionable, but reports are that he looks really good. So I think Golden Tate plays. If Golden Tate plays and they try to get Barkley going, uh, I don't know how great I feel about Darius Slayton. I think he'll be like another flex wide receiver three with really high upside potential, but you, he's not going to do this on a week-to-week basis. Do you have any thoughts on Slayton? Uh, I mean, he he was pretty good last year, at the end of last year. So, um, you know, one of my uh, one of my buddies, he, he's a Giants fan, and we were listening to the game. We we're each listening to the game on Thursday night, and I went up to him and I was like, "Yeah, like I I know I just knew he didn't see the play yet." So I told him I was like, "Hey, your boy Danny Dimes just dropped an absolute just perfect pass in the end zone, touchdown Giants." And then like two series later, he throws like the worst pick I've ever seen, and I was like, "This is." This is what you have to deal with as a Giants fan. Like, the guy looks great, and then he's going to turn around two plays later and do this. So, it's like, I don't know. I don't think any Giants receivers have the highest ceiling because 
Danny Dimes is not that consistent. That's why yeah. like, I, I kind of lean towards Evan Ingram because he's a tight end. He's a big target. Young quarterbacks tend to go towards a tight end a little more. You know, he's a bigger target. It's like he's always going to have a better matchup. You know, he's not going to deal with corners. He's going to deal with, like, linebackers and safeties who he should beat out every time almost. That's why I lean, I lean towards Ingram, and that's why I'm watching Ingram this week. But somebody like Slayton, it's like, you know, who knows? It could be Golden Tate, you know, two weeks from now. It could be freaking Sterling Shepard. It, it's just, I, I mean, I don't have any stock in any of the Jazz wide receivers. Mm. And I'm pretty content with that. Yeah, plus, I mean, you can't rule out the fact that Saquon Barkley led the team in targets last week. Like, Saquon's always... most weeks. Yeah, so Saquon's always going to be involved in the passing game, which kind of caps a bit the upside of all those wide receivers when they're all healthy. Uh, we spent way too much time talking about the Giants and the Bears, though. Uh, real quick, now, Chicago is favored by five and a half. Who are you picking to win this game? I am picking Chicago. I think I'm going to pick the Giants. Dad, Bears. I think I think see I have no faith in Trubisky either. I like Daniel Jones better than Trubisky. And then running games, Montgomery, Barkley, you go Barkley. Wide receivers, you got Allen Robinson and enter player name here versus Sterling Shepard, Slayton. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna help you out on this, okay? The best football player in this game is who? In in this game? In the this Giants game, game? The best football player in this game is who you're probably gonna say uh khalil mack but it's, saquon, it's the right answer but it's but it's, and he it's is saquon an Barkley, absolute though. dominant player and he's gonna wreak havoc on the giants offense which means that dana jones is gonna get the ball get rid of the ball in a hurry which means barkley is gonna have another double digit targets and he's gonna absolutely feast i'm telling i'm telling you, i think the giants could actually win this game you're speaking as if you're an owner of saquon barkley it's wild I have so much Saquon Barkley. I, I, need, I need this I to come true. I know. You're, just, I, you're trying to speak into existence like Lavar Ball over here, and it ain't going to work. Giants are losing to the Bears. Khalil Mack wreaks havoc. Headline. We'll see. All right, right let's, let's move over to the next game. Now, this one is going to be a fun one, more fun than the first game. We got the Atlanta Falcons against the Cowboys. Both teams looking for their first win of the season. Dallas is the home favorite by four, and there's a whopping 53.5 point over-under. Points are going to be scored. It's going to be close. Matt Ryan's coming off a 450 passing yard game. Uh, I think we can keep this one short and sweet. Uh, I think you just start everybody. <laughs> yeah, this is this is gonna be this is a game you circle. Like this is gonna be a fun game to watch. Two explosive offenses, no defense at all. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you start everybody. You start. Uh, I'll tell you right now. In one of my leagues, I'm starting Russell Cage. What's that tell you? Jeez, the guy had 12 targets last week in week 17 last year. He had 17 targets. He's sneaky, sneaky, sneaky when it comes to getting targets. So. I mean, you literally start everybody, mm-hmm. except yep. for uh, whoever's playing tight end for the Cowboys now, because they just can't keep a tight end on that roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now this is uh, this is going to be like a a fantasy bonanza. Like, you can start all three of the Cowboys wide receivers. You can start the three Falcons. Start both running backs. You start both quarterbacks. The, uh, so aside from the uh, the Dallas tight end, there's actually two more positions. Where you should you should not play, and it's the defenses. Do not play either yeah. defense in this matchup. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll kick off this uh, matchup with the player I'm watching. Uh, shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. But uh, I want Todd Gurley to get some burn. Mm. He didn't get them. I mean, he got a decent amount of touches last week. And he did turn it into a touchdown. But, I mean, I see this game right here, and I'm just thinking, Todd Gurley, you should just shred this Giants defense. So I'm, I'm looking for my boy Gurley to just really have a big game. Mm-hmm. Now, there's, there's two guys I'm watching for in this one. Um, I'm going to pick the one who didn't play as well as the other guy in their week one performances. So the guy that I'm watching for is Michael Gallup. Now, the uh, the target the target share for Dallas was a bit concerning last week. Amari Cooper had 14 targets. The next highest was CeeDee Lamb with six, and Gallup had five. So 14, six, and five. That is a big discrepancy. So I don't like that. Um, if you guys watched the game, it was a primetime game. Michael Gallup got totally robbed off a deep bomb down the sideline last week that they called offensive pass interference. I don't agree That's with the call. Yeah, if if that play was upheld, that would have been like, what, a 30 or 40-yard pass right there. So if he makes that play, you feel way better about Gallup. But that play doesn't count. So Gallup only gave you three catches for 50 yards. So I'm looking for, I'm looking to watch this wide receiver group. I'm looking to see um, just how much more Gallup will be utilized. I want to see how much CeeDee Lamb is getting involved. They were both really close in targets. Uh, yeah, so I'm just, I'm, I'm spotlighting Michael Gallup. And I'm going to watch him and, and hope that he can get back on the right path. I mean, if he catches that bomb, it changes everything. But he didn't get it, so I'm going to be watching him again. I got a fun one for you. You gonna start Michael Gallup or Calvin Ridley? Who are we going? Oh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, did you see, did I, you think, see? <laughs> I think Ridley's gonna have another two touchdown game this week. Dude, Calvin Ridley fucking exploded last week. Um, he's I, he's <clears> capable. <throat> he, we've seen it before. He's capable of getting touchdowns in bulk. Yeah, like he he doesn't do it consistently. He he might go the next five games without getting touchdowns. Well, when he gets a touchdown, he tends to get like two or three games. It's freaking nuts. Yeah, 130 receiving yards and two touchdowns last week. He was yeah. my pick for like my my big Chris Godwin breakout this year. Uh, definitely on the right track coming out of the gate. Unfortunately, I went against a good amount of uh, Calvin Ridley last week, which was brutal. I felt like it was like it's like when you're it's like when your kid back talks you and you're just like, are you kidding me right now? That's how I felt when. Uh, Calvin Ridley was putting up all those fucking fantasy points against me. It's like, bro, I, th- I thought we had something, you and me. Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, yeah. I did I did nothing but praise you. And then you're going to go out there and completely destroy a couple of my teams. Like, come on, man. Yep. All right, so who you got in this game? Who, who do you think is going to win? Okay, so Dallas is favored by four and a half. <sighs> Can Dallas really lose, start off 0-2? I feel like... I feel they like... Can. It's Dallas. I'm going to Atlanta. You know, I, I was going to go Atlanta, but I just I can't see Dallas losing twice. Because you got to figure Zeke Zeke is going to eat up that Falcons defense in a big that's, way. That's the one player we didn't mention. Zeke is just going to be dominant this week. Yeah, he's he's going to shred that everyone on Atlanta. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Dallas. Just I can't see them starting off 0-2. Yeah, I, I do give a slight edge on the defensive side ball to Dallas. Um, but like I said, like we said, it's going to be a shootout. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of points on the board. So this is definitely one of the main games you want to watch this week because it's going to be exciting. For sure. 
Okay, next up, we have a bit of a rivalry game. We got the Detroit Packers. The Detroit Packers? Detroit Packers. What? <laughs> <laughs> the you guys Detroit noticed, Packers. I know you guys don't really know this listening in right now, but it's, uh, you know, about 1.30 Yeah, we, re- we record these things pretty late at night, so you got to forgive me if we have a couple Foley's along the way. So, actually, we're going to watch the Detroit Lions go up against the Green Bay Packers, which sounds a lot better. Yep. Now the Packers are favored by six and a half with a 49.5 over under. So points are going to be scored in this one. Kenny Kenny Galladay is not playing again, which is brutal for the Lions pass catchers. Fire up your Danny Amendola's, ladies and gentlemen, because he is going to be targeted early and often again. Can't guarantee a touchdown. And And Marvin Jones too. But uh, yeah, so if, if you need, if you have Chris Godwin, who's trending on not playing, I think you can get away with plugging in a guy like Danny Amendola in like a full point PPR and just hoping he gets a lot of targets. Um, uh, yeah, so who uh, who are you going to be watching for in this one? See if, uh, you know, it, it was a weird offseason for Aaron Rodgers. I think, I think a lot of people kind of wrote them off already. And it's like really... I mean, maybe to his standard, he didn't have the greatest season last year, but he still put up numbers. And and uh, you know, the Packers go out there and they sign, they sign Joe. Uh, they draft Jordan Love, and and people start seeing that, like, okay, hey, well, maybe this is it for Rodgers. I think Rodgers just he sat back, he listened to all that BS, and then he just came out week one and looked like Aaron Rodgers. And where he was getting drafted. I mean, we're talking, if he can keep this level of play up, which we all know we can, where his draft stock was, I mean, you get him in the 10th, 11th round, Aaron Rodgers could win you the whole shit this year. So, I want to see Aaron Rodgers do it again. I want him and Devontae Adams to go, you know, to just dominate again. And I, I want to see, is it just a week one show, you know, or are you going to, you know, are you going to be consistent with it? So, I'm looking forward to seeing if Rodgers can put piece together a couple of really nice games and uh and you know won some people some championships this year because he just won super late in drafts. Mm-hmm. No, I think uh I think the Packers are gonna be just fine in this matchup. I think they're gonna smash Detroit. I think Aaron Rodgers are gonna have another big game. On the Detroit side of the ball though, someone that I'm watching for, let's see what Adrian Peterson can do. Let's see if he can do it again. Now he's coming off a 14 carry 93 rushing yard game and he was involved in the passing game he had three targets caught uh three of them for 21 yards had over 100 all-purpose yards um i just want to say are they really going to give peterson like that many carries again like when are they going to start uh giving the ball to swift more i mean is matt, i know matt patricia loves adrian peterson but i don't know man i'm gonna see uh i'm gonna see if peterson i want to see his workload in, in week two let's see swift is such a talented running back but i i didn't have that yeah i didn't have that much interest in drafting this this season because as well in dynasties obviously you gotta take yeah early and often but in redraft leagues it's just like he's fighting carry on johnson Yes, Karrion Johnson's not the greatest running back, but he's a pretty good running back. Um, but just, hey, for the, just for the record, Karrion Johnson sucked week one. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying he's like a stud, but the Lions like him. The Lions use him a lot. So, I mean, I wasn't too worried about Perrion Johnson, but I just hate committee so much that it kind of scared me away from Swift. But now they go and get Adrian Peterson, and it's like, okay, well, now if you went out, if you had an early draft and you drafted Swift with hopes of him taking that job, it's not happening. I hate to break it to you, but it's not going to happen. Uh, I'm, I'm not ready to say that yet because, I mean... Listen, Adrian Peterson wants Emma Smith's records. Adrian Peterson is going to run his ass off. I don't care how old he is. He's going to run every single play like it's his last time. So, it, that's, how is a rookie going to compete with that drive of Adrian Peterson? Unless Peterson gets banged up. Well, you know, I don't see it happening. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, now's a good time to buy low and Swift if you're a big time believer. But I just think it's it's just too much of a pain in the ass to you know to have Swift right now. Yeah, see, I feel I feel bad for Swift because you know if you you can look at it from the point of view like, oh, at least Swift has, is like he can learn from one of the best that's, running backs to ever do it. That's but but here's the thing, Adrian Peterson. Probably doesn't give a fuck about DeAndre Swift. Adrian Peterson, like you said, he wants the numbers, so he's well, probably he's probably like, "Hey, pump your brakes, kid. Like this is my show." <laughs> yeah, see, I think I see. I think Peterson will show him a lot and teach him a lot, and I think Swift will definitely benefit from having Adrian Peterson around him. Because I mean, if you don't, if you can look me in the eyes and tell me Adrian Peterson isn't a tough to run back full time, you're lying to yourself. Like. We've seen some of the most dominant performances of all time from this man. And, uh, I mean, the numbers don't lie. Like, the guy won MVP. Uh, you know, he won MVP. His starting quarterback was Christian Ponder. He carried an entire team. That Single players don't carry teams in the NFL. It's not like the NBA. And that man carried that entire team in almost being the Super Bowl, so... I mean, Adrian Peterson is that guy. So fantasy, fantasy wise, it's it's bad news for Swift. Um, but you know, just as a football fan, like if I was a Detroit fan, I would be happy about having Peterson because Swift is going to do nothing but benefit from learning from this guy. And obviously, you seen it last week. Peterson still has some left in his tank. He almost had 100 yards, and he got signed by the team what like a week before. Mm-hmm. Like it's just he's a freak show. Yeah. Now, would you feel comfortable playing Adrian Peterson in your flex this week if you're in a pinch? Uh, if I'm in a pinch, I would do it, but I would really, really try to get something else. Uh, like I, I'm not like yeah, I'm just not confident in it. Like he, I'm sure he's gonna get the touches, but you can't feel confident about having you know 79 year old adrian peterson in your lineup right now all right i know so, you do though oh yeah no i'm yeah, cool yeah, with that i know i, know. I, just, <laughs> I just can't do it hey I, the packers are gonna put up some points in this game right so all it takes is peterson to get in from one yard out and touchdowns a touchdown if if there's gonna be a touchdown for the detroit lions i think peterson has just good a chance as anyone maybe, on that roster maybe this could be a swift game if the Packers go up by three touchdowns, maybe, maybe, maybe they start be. dunking it down to, to Swift. Who knows? All right, so, do. so who do you got in this game? Oh, come on. The, this is the Packers. Yeah, the Packers should just annihilate them. This, this one, I mean, the Packers are probably going to smash the six and a half uh, spread. I can see the Packers really running away with this one. 
Let's move over to a game where there's actually supposed to be even more of a beatdown. We have the undefeated Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the undefeated Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is the home favorite by seven and a half points, and this one has a low over-under of 44. Now, um, I'll let you go first because I feel like you're you're the Titans guy here. So take it away. Yeah, um, I think the uh, man, dude, this is just do you remember what Derrick Henry did to the Jaguars a couple years ago? Nine and nine yard run, like just three touchdowns, four touchdowns, whatever the hell he did. Uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of the same. Jacksonville cannot stop the run, the most down at running back in the NFL. Just happens to be on the Titans. I think uh, I think this is gonna be a bloodbath, and I think it's gonna be heavily in result of Derrick Henry just dominating all day. So, uh, yeah, I think Derrick Henry is gonna be a huge game. I don't think Jacksonville has a chance to stop him. The thing is, Jacksonville's offense, they the running game is non-existent. Yeah, I know they're all in on on Robinson. They think he's gonna be like a cow that's great i mean maybe he turns out to be but um well it re- real quick now to cut you off it is worth noting that james robinson is the only in the jaguars is the only team in the whole nfl week one the jaguars are that gave every single running back carry to one guy yeah. Yeah, he's he's the only he dominated the backfield they didn't even give a carry to another player that's worth yeah. noting that's it is worth noting, and I mean, if this kid, this kid could be something, but uh, I don't think it's gonna happen this week. I think they're gonna get down early. Uh, Gardner Minshew is definitely gonna have more than one incompletion this week, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, you know, they the Jaguars have some sneaky good receivers. I mean, D.D. Westbrook didn't even play last week, and he's he's a talented receiver. Um, Lavisca looked good. He had a touchdown. They lined him up all over the field. I think we all knew that. Coming in, he was drafted early for a reason. Yeah, you know, the guy plays running back, receiver, everything. So he looked good. And Chark, our guy Chark, you know, he does what he does. He scores touchdowns. So um, I think the Jaguars' aerial game is decent. Um, but I mean, I think this is just going to be a tale of of Derrick Henry just pounding that rock. They're going to control the clock. They're going to just. It's going to be a bloodbath. Derrick Henry is going to dominate this week. Yeah, see, this could be one of those frustrating games where I feel like you can play Tannehill. Tannehill has been so consistent starting going back to last season and week one. He threw for 250 and two touchdowns. Um, with Derrick Henry getting 31 carries last week, Tannehill threw the ball 43 times. So yeah. they can coexist. Um, it is worth noting, you didn't mention it, but A.J. Brown is out. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> so that, uh, that's, I mean, that just, that's even more reason just to give the ball to Henry. Corey Davis, so there was a Corey Davis sighting week one. The dude had seven catches for 100 yards. No A.J. Brown, I mean, in the Jaguars defense. I think Corey Davis could have another pretty good game. And there's, He's not going to be fighting anybody. There's going to be yeah. no A.J. Brown there. That's true. But at the same time, he's going to be getting all the attention. Yeah, but I mean, no, Derrick Henry is going to be getting all the attention. That, yeah, but they, they're I mean, going to be without so... AJ Brown there. They're going to be really focusing more on Corey Davis. I think, I think the one Titan player that's going to benefit from AJ Brown being out is John Smith. 
I think, yeah, I mean, he had a touchdown last week. I think he's going to have another decent game this week. Yep, John Smith looked good for sure. Um, I'm going to talk about the Jaguar side a little bit more. You said uh, you, you're not sure uh, James, James Robinson yet. I think he looked really good. Um, he had 16 carries for 62 yards. That's not bad. He caught his lone target for an additional uh, 28 receiving yards. Um, but, the, I mean, the, the most eye-popping thing is Chris Thompson didn't get a single carry. He got nothing. So, I feel I feel fine flexing out Robinson again if you're in a pinch. I'd probably start I'd start Robinson over Peterson just because the guaranteed volume because Robinson he's not sharing. He doesn't have a DeAndre Swift behind him. He has nobody behind him. So yeah, I, I think I think Robinson could be a pretty decent volume play here. And if the Jaguars get behind, then maybe this is going to be a Chris Thompson game. Um, but Robinson he he was on the field the vast majority of the game, so. We'll see what happens there. Now, the pass catchers, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for DJ Chark, okay? He caught a touchdown early in the game last weekend, um, and I felt great. But then he kind of disappeared for the rest of it. Now, Gardner Minshew, he only threw the ball, what, 20 times? Now, he completed yeah. 19 of them, but he only threw it 20 times, and they ended up winning. Um, but, yeah, if you look at the wide receiver targets, you had Keelan Cole lead the way with five. Uh, LaVisca had four, and then DJ Chark only had three. DJ Chark's stat line, three targets, three catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown. When he got that touchdown early, I was like, here it comes. Here comes a massive breakout performance in week one. And then it's just like the, the, the Jaguars didn't really need to do it. Gardner Mishu was so goddamn effective that like they didn't really need to do much of anything. So I'm hoping that the Jaguars and a game script like this, Jaguars are going to need to throw it. I'm hoping this is going to be a big pop-off week for DJ Chark. I want him to do- establish himself as the alpha, the number one wide receiver, and dominate the targets. That's what I am looking for in this matchup. Yeah, I think Chark will have another good game. Uh, so, Ari, who are you picking? Oh, I'm picking the Titans in this one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to get cute with this one. I think the Titans are going to win this one fairly easily. Now, it is worth noting that the Titans uh, – kicker over there Steve Guskowski uh, what did you think watching him go out there and suck you know what I uh, I feel bad for him because you know any any former Patriot you want to see him go out there and do well and he's he struggled towards his you know the end of his Patriot career too um but I mean let's just not forget about what this man did for us like the guy won a handful of games for us you know he's an all-time leading scorer the Patriots um, you know it, it was rough watching him like, missing everything but then he redeemed himself and won the game so at the end of the day that's all that matters if you ask me well that last kick he was kicking for his job on that one I mean if he yeah, missed he that one he, he wasn't going to be showing up in the locker room the <sighs> you know next what, day though? I think he would have <laughs> you can't miss yeah, four who, kicks uh, and okay. a game winning kick who's coaching over there yeah, but come on. Use Mike Vrabel, right? Kick, Patriots kicking, stick together. You know kick, what I'm saying? Kicking I think, is very crucial, okay? This, it is. It is, but I think I think Vrabel would have given him no chance either way. I, I think the, the chance that he gave him was kicking the game-winning field goal instead of, like, going for it on fourth down. I think he was just like, all right, this is your shot. All right, anyway, let's move on. We're spending too much time on these. I mean, it's the Move fucking out. Jaguars Titans. All right, let's move over to a more fun one. Now, this one, we have the 0-1 Vikings going against the 0-1 Colts. 
the Colts have to be feeling pretty shitty after blowing the game and letting Gardner Minshew just trash him. Um, the Colts are actually favored by three points, which is a bit of a surprise to me. This one has a 48.5 point over under, so points are projected <clears throat> to be scored in this one. Um, I'm going to go first. The sky is the limit for Jonathan Taylor. I can't wait to see what he does with the full workload. They didn't bring in anybody else. The coaching staff already came out and said that Jonathan Taylor is going to be their guy. And he he has the craziest like variance when it comes to fantasy experts. Some people say that he's going to be a top 10 running back the rest of the season. Others say he'll be oh, uh, RB2 because Naeem Hines isn't going anywhere. Like I feel like the range of outcomes on Jonathan Taylor is so crazy, but the potential gets people excited because I know I tried trading for him in a couple of leagues and nobody was having it. Nobody, nobody wanted to. They think that this is going to be the Jonathan Taylor show. He's going to finish as a top five guy. Um, he's going to. Yeah, get, it's like the worst time to try to trade for him. I tried to. It's just it's not going to work. <laughs> no, it's not going to work. Too much buzz going on right now. Too, too much buzz, crazy hype. Um, I just want to see if he can live up to it. Now, he he did struggle in his week one. He didn't do much on the ground at all. Now, we saved it by having six receptions, but on the ground, very lackluster. Uh, his average yards per carry was very bad. Um, it could just be rookie jitters, um, but we'll see what he does against the Vikings defense that showed that uh, they're not the defense of old. I mean, they let Aaron Rodgers hang up, what, 40 points on him, so... I, I want to see Jonathan Taylor. I want to see how they use him. And I just want to see how good he looks when he knows he's the guy. Yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what Jonathan Taylor does. Uh, unfortunately, because the Vikings hit pounded so hard last week, I think I think Mike Zimmer just probably tore that entire team in the last so So I think, I think the defense is going to come out ready to go. And I think... I think the Vikings are going to, you know, their the defense is going to be like 100% better. And I think Philip Rivers is going to get, you know, he's going to be hassled all day. He's going to be getting hit all day. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to Jonathan Taylor too. I think I think he's going to have a bunch of receptions in this game because I think I think Philip Rivers is going to have to get it out quick. Um. But one player I am really looking forward to watching is Justin Jefferson. I, you know, I was, I'm really, I, I was, and I still am really high on him. I think, I think, uh, you know, give him another couple of weeks, and this kid's gonna be like a household name. It's just, you know, we want it. See, what we we can't we can't forget that it's only been one week, you know, and we can't you know, have too much stock in what we've seen from these young players yet. It's only been one game. Training camp is totally off. There's no preseason. So, you know, give these rookies a little bit more. We've been saying it. We've been preaching it for months now. You know, the rookies, you got to be patient with them this year. So, Justin Jefferson, I, I'm still extremely high on. And I think, you know, this matchup is favorable for him. So, I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on him. You know, Justin Jefferson last week, only three targets, two catches, 28 yards. Um, we'll see if he can establish himself more as the wide receiver, too. Adam Thielen looked great. So if you drafted Thielen, you're feeling pretty good about that right now. Um, again, interesting to me that the Colts are actually three-point favorites here, which I wasn't expecting. 
um, to pick a winner in this game, I'm actually going to pick the uh, the underdog Vikings. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Vikings too. They shouldn't be underdogs, in my opinion. Like I said, I think the I think the big factor in this game is I think Mike Zimmer, who is a defensive minded coach, is just gonna shred their freaking defense. And I think I think uh, I think the Vikings defense is gonna just raise hell on on, uh, on Indy this week. Mm, definitely can. All right, let's move over to the next one. Now, this one's going to be a fun one because usually it is when these two teams match up. We have the 1-0 Buffalo Bills going against the 0-1 Miami Dolphins. Buffalo are five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, and this one has a very bad over-under of only 41 points. I think we could probably keep this one quick. Uh, start the Bills, sit the Dolphins. Does that sound about right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's really that simple. Um, <laughs> now, now, it, it, is really, worth, it is worth I mean, noting that for Miami, uh, Devontae Parker still dealing with that hamstring injury. He didn't play the whole second half last week against New England, and he still finished as their best wide receiver, which is pretty crazy, uh, seeing that he didn't play the last two quarters. Um, he's been practicing in a limited fashion all week. He did his most work today. Um, so we're going to wait to see what happens there, but I don't feel optimistic. He's, it's in a bad matchup. <laughs> You really don't want him to re-aggravate that hamstring again. So I think if if the Dolphins are smart, I think that they'll go very easy with Devontae Parker because they're going to need him down the road. So for me, a kind of a sneaky play from Miami, I think, is going to be Preston Williams. Preston Williams looked pretty good against New England. Again, worth noting. I feel like that's like my new thing, worth noting. I feel like I've been saying that a lot tonight. Um, I was just going to say it again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now th- this this was interesting. Not worth noting, but it's interesting. Now, when Devontae Parker left the game in New England at halftime, Preston Williams stepped into the wide receiver number one role, and he drew the coverage of Stephon Gilmore for the rest of the game. And Preston Williams still did pretty good. I mean, he finished in a full-point PPR. He finished with, like, six points. Devontae Parker had eight and a half. Um, but it just goes to show that after Devontae Parker, Preston Williams is the pass catcher you want. Um, so if, you, if you're in a bind, if you really need, like, a spot start, and if Devontae Parker doesn't play, or even if he does play, I think Preston Williams, uh, a lower-end option for sure, but I won't feel terrible if you got to roll with him. Yeah, no, Preston Williams is, uh, is a good option, but... Uh... I'm still, uh, I'm still excited about Mike Kosecki. I know, uh, I mean, I think he had like three catches for 30 yards or something like that, roughly, against a very tough defense in New England. I, I'm still excited about Mike Kosecki, but again, I think this week is just going to be another tough one. The Bills' defense is no joke, so uh, I'm not confident in starting Kosecki this week, but going forward, I, I definitely am. Um, now, now, before moving to the Buffalo side... Uh, somebody who I think some people are overlooking or just an interesting guy to pick up if he's on your free agent, uh, if he's in their waivers or on free agency right now, is Miles Gaskin. If you didn't know a fun fact, they actually call him Miles Gaskin because the dude just keeps on rolling. He led the team in carries. He definitely looked like their best running back by a lot. And he was heavily involved in the passing game. And you know how fantasy football is. You know how <clears throat> crucial running backs are. So, if you need running back depth, I think Miles Gaskin is an interesting play. He ran the ball nine times, which was more than Howard and Breda. 
on those nine attempts, he had 40 yards, which is pretty good. He also got targeted four times, which is more than Matt Breida. And he caught all four of them for an additional 26. I'm not saying I feel good about him. It's an awful matchup. But if Miles Gaskin is out there on your waiver wire right now, I'd take a flyer on him. I'd stash him and see if he takes over that job. Yeah, no, he, uh, you know, just from watching the game last weekend, he, he was impressive. Um, the only thing is, it's just if you pick him up, you just gotta know that's another committee. Brita and Howard aren't going anywhere. Uh, Matt Brita really didn't get that much playing time. Uh, so I'm not really sure what happened with that situation. But to get to the Bills side of the ball, um, I mean, really, just start everybody. You can start. You can start. Uh, obviously, you gotta start Diggs. You gotta start Josh Allen. Um. So I think the player I want to say, the player I want to watch this week from the Bills side is Zach Moss. He had a receiving touchdown last week. He didn't do too much on the ground. Um. But I think this is a favorable matchup. We just saw the Pats run for like 200 yards against this Miami Dolphins defense. So I think Zach Moss. And Singletary will both have solid games, but you know, I'm primarily I'm looking forward to Moss. I think he's gonna have the best game of his young career this week. Mm, now, worth noting, Zach Moss last week again. He, uh, I mean, it was a good matchup for him going against the Jets. He had nine rushing attempts, only 11 yards. Nine for 11, not great. Devin Singletary was nine for 30, also not great. Uh, we'll see which of those guys wants the job more. They both had the same exact amount of carries. And Devin Singletary just out-targeted him by a pretty substantial margin in the passing game. Seven targets to four. So Singletary isn't giving up the job willingly. So no, I'm, cur- I'm curious. Moss did find the end zone. Moss did get in the end zone. It happened early in the game. As soon as that happened, I knew uh, to be prepared for a lot of overreactions from the Zach Moss, tru- <laughs> Zach Moss truthers out there. But I don't think uh, it's not his job yet. It's definitely going to be a battle for it. So that's some, definitely something to keep an eye on. And real quick before moving on from the Bills, how about all those people out there that said Stephon Diggs is going to suck because Josh Allen isn't accurate? Josh Allen yeah. looked pretty fucking good week one. And John Brown and Stephon Diggs both ate. John Brown had 10 targets. Stephon Diggs had nine. They both did really good. So uh, they have another cake matchup here. So start your guys now. I don't think is John Brown active. I thought I saw a notification earlier this morning saying that John Brown was banged up. Do you know anything about that? Uh, he is banged up. I I'm not sure what the final injury designation is for uh, for him going into the game. I do know he is banged up though, and I think he uh, is questionable. No, it says here that uh, that he's actually set for week two, so he's gonna play. Okay. I see. Yeah, yeah. He, he went back to practice, and he's yeah, he's ready to go. Okay, yeah. So I feel pretty good starting both wide receivers. Then in that case, I feel good about the two receivers. I personally don't feel great about the running backs just because I feel like if one guy was gonna get the workload, then absolutely smash spot. But the fact that they could both split, I feel like they're both gonna cap each other's upside. So. I think you can find a better option than the Bills running backs this week. Now, who are you picking in this one? Or is this one another easy one for you? It's another easy one. So it's the Bills all day. Yeah, I agree. Let's go with the Bills. Okay, so moving <clears throat> right along, we have the 0-1-1 49ers going against the 0-1-1 Jets. 
Uh, the 49ers are seven point favorites on the road. This over under again is on the low side, 41 and a half. And the big thing, of course, is going to be George Kittle is ruled out. So that means that there's going to be um, Brandon Ayuk is going to make his debut, it seems. So there's going to be no George Kittle and there's going to be no Debo Samuel still. So which pass catching option do you actually like for the 49ers? Because there really isn't that many. I want to see what Ayuk's going to do. Uh, Kendrick Bourne played last week. He didn't really do much. Uh, you know, when they drafted Ayuk, they, they were praising him, saying, you know, this kid's a real deal. So um, I'm going to be watching Ayuk. I'm very, very interested to see what he's going to do in his uh, first game. Now, Trent Taylor, uh, week one, he had five targets. He was tired with Kendrick Bourne for five. Now, he really didn't do anything with it, but... Um, would you have any interest in playing Trent Taylor outside of like a 16-team dynasty league, or are you not even going to bother looking his way? Yeah, I mean, it would have to be like a 14-team at absolute best. All right, now with George Kittle's out, so do you have any interest at all in Jordan Reed? Now, Jordan Reed was the only other tight end that even got a target for this team. He only had two of them, caught both for 12 yards. George Kittle's not there. Like, is this a spot start for Jordan Reed, or are you staying away? Because, you know, Jordan Reed has uh, as good a chance to get hurt on any play as he does staying healthy. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's not a bad idea to uh, – uh, man, I don't know. I'm just, uh, just going to stay away. This is going to be a pretty ugly game to watch. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not uh, psyched about this game. No, on the Jet side, there's going to be no Le'Veon Bell, no Jamison Crowder. On the 49er side, no Debo Samuel, no George Kittle. Like, this is a game where I feel like you can just cross this one off. Like, don't even, don't even worry about this game. Yeah, and man, I, see, I think, I think the Jets are going to be screwed because. Hold on. So the Jets are going to be screwed because because they have no options on offense or their defense isn't going to be able to stop the 49ers. You know, this is actually kind of a tricky game for me to pick because both teams are going to be really bad. Like Yeah, I think I think uh I think the 49ers defense is just too good and the Jets offense is just too bad. I think the 49ers defense is going to just have a blast playing okay. against us dismantled offense. I'm trying to think. So what is is Chris Herndon gonna be like the number one target for Donald? Yeah, most likely. I mean Denzel Denzel Mims is banged up. Um, oh, could this be the Bashar Perriman. Perriman breakout game? It could be, but at the same time, the point on his defense is no joke. So I think if I if I had to start somebody from the Jets this week, it would be Herndon. Yeah. And it wouldn't feel great about it. Now the 49er side obviously you're starting Raheem Mostert, now he he had 15 carries for 56 yards. I mean, that's nothing great. Now, he did take the big pass to the house, which absolutely saved his fantasy week. Um, Fluky play, can't expect that on a week-to-week basis. But, I mean, this is an ugly game to pick. I think you just have to pick the 49ers because they have the edge on defense and they have the edge in the running game as well. But, uh, no, this is going to be a disgusting one. I'm going to pick the 49ers, though. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a point as. I mean, you could check off every single box in favor of the point as in this matchup. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on. Uh, hopefully, we can find a better game. Ooh, and we got one. We got the Los Angeles Rams, 1-0, traveling to Philly to face the 0-1 Eagles. Philly is actually favored by one point. And it's, a four, it's a 46-point over-under, so there's going to be points scored. A close game um, for, the, for the Eagles. I'm going to pick the Eagles now. For the Eagles, let's go Miles Sanders. Fire him up. He had two back-to-back, full participation in practice. Um, reports are he looks good. Just, I, please, 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 please do not re-injure that hamstring. Please. Um, no, so I, I do like that a lot. Uh, the pass catchers, though, Deshaun Jackson, he's supposed to be getting uh, – he's supposed to play some more snaps this week. He burned me last week. I thought he was going to massacre Washington. It would have been nice if the coaching staff came out and said he was on a snap count. They chose to keep that to themselves until the game was over. So a big fuck you to the Philadelphia Eagles for that one. He cost me a couple of wins for sure. Um, but D-Jax, I'm not mad at this week. If, if you want to take a, a boom bust wide receiver three approach, Miles Sanders, if you have him, you start him, you feel good about starting him. Um, but the interesting one is AJ. So who would you rather start? Would you rather start Zach Ertz? Or would you rather start Dallas Goddard? Dallas Goddard, now, you probably didn't get a chance to listen to the show yet, but I talked a lot about Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. And Dallas Goddard was on the field for 80% of the snaps. He out-targeted, out-caught, out-receiving yard. He did everything better than Zach Ertz. And he was on the field more. Like, are we at to the point now where you just play both of these guys? I think you can. And I think you feel... Uh... I think you feel comfortable doing it too because uh they both are just so talented and uh i mean gutter is actually better as of late so he he really does i was surprised to see both of them playing i was like dude gallard uh, goddard has a spring in his step he looks really good and zach Ertz just looks like a frustrated player and i mean there's obviously like the contract stuff going on that he doesn't feel great about and if you're Philly, I can see why you don't really want to extend Ertz because you could Goddard right behind him, who's arguably better already. Yeah. So I'm st- for Philly. I'm you know for Philly, I'm actually going to start uh, Deshaun Jackson. I'm going to start Miles Sanders, and I'm going to start uh, both tight ends. But I think I'd give the edge to Goddard again this week. So what do you like for uh, the Rams side? Um. Honestly, Tyler Higby get more involved. Um, you know, Robert Woods did his thing. Cooper Cup had a kind of off game. Uh, Malcolm Brown, Malcolm Brown was going undrafted. Everybody was in the K Makers hype train. I was, I still am, but uh, yeah, it's just, I, I'm really looking forward to Higby, at, you know, having a bigger game. He didn't do, uh, he, I think people were drafting Higby thinking he was going to just resume where he left off at the end of last season, which was like not a pace for historical numbers. And maybe that's not the case, but, you know, I'm still pretty high. I mean, he's got too much potential. Golf loves him. Uh, I'm looking for Higby to have uh, a bounce back game. Yeah, I I feel good about Higby. I mean, he had four targets. You'd like to see that a little higher. Caught three of them for 40 yards. Could do worse. Um, I do think Higby is going to step it up moving forward. But like you said, Robert Woods, 
the dude's fantastic, isn't he? He's just so much fun to watch. I mean, they do whatever they can to get the ball in his hands. They give him wide receiver screens. They hand it off to him. They go deep to him. They hit him in the flat. Like, they just – they try to get the ball in his hands and just let him cook. Malcolm Brown is the interesting one, though, for me. He had 18 carries for 79 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Cam Akers had 14 carries. Only four less than Malcolm Brown. Now, Malcolm Brown was more efficient and got the goal line touchdowns. So I am curious to see what the what the running back situation is going to look like going forward. Coaching staff already came out and said that they kind of went with a hot hand approach. And Malcolm Brown happened to have the hot hand. Um, I do want to talk about Jared Goff for a second. He threw for 275 passing yards and an interception. No passing touchdowns. So he ended up having a bad fantasy week. Got you about 10 points. Um, I do think this is a really nice bounce back spot for Jared Goff. Uh, I can see a multiple touchdown game coming for him here. Uh, I'm picking the Los Angeles Rams to to put the upset here with Philly being favored. Yeah, see, I'm going with the Rams too. I don't see much of an upset. Uh, I think, again, kind of like the Bears-Giants game, I think the X-Factor in this game, not you know, looking at it from a fantasy perspective, is going to be Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald is just going to dominate. Um, one player I do want to talk about from the Eagles is Jalen Rieger. I, he had one catch for 55 yards. He showed big play potential. Uh, he's another week removed from being, you know, I mean, he was healthy last week, but you know, the injury concerns have kind of subsided. They're, they're out of the picture now. Uh, I'm looking forward to this kid just saying, hey, listen, I may be the rookie in the squad, but this is mine. So I'm looking forward to him dominating, um, dominating touches. But at the same time, you'll see if this this guy's even gonna play. Yeah, I agree. Jalen Rager, he looked good on the one the one catch that he had. But well, I'm curious to see what happens when Alshon Jeffrey eventually comes back, and then uh, Deshaun Jackson, like I already alluded to, his his uh, his snap count is going to be on the increase. So let's move on to the next game. We've got the Denver Broncos traveling to Pittsburgh to go against the Steelers. Steelers are home favorites by seven and a half, and it's a really low over-under of 40 and a half. One of the lowest. Actually, is that the lowest? It might be the lowest. It's the lowest so far anyway. Um, scrolling ahead. Yeah, that's the lowest over-under of the whole weekend. Now, uh, the Steelers looked great. Deontay Johnson led the way in targets, looked good. Um, he didn't get in the end zone. Deontay Johnson was the guy I was trying to go out and trade for because I think that he's going to have a massive role in this offense going forward. So I like De- Deontay Johnson. Um, Juju Smith used to look like his old self, had a two touchdown performance. Ben Roethlisberger looked great. Um, but the guy that I'm going to be looking for out of this whole game is going to be Melvin Gordon. Now, as you guys already know, if you've been listening to us for a while, I think Philip Lindsay sucks. I just don't think that he's that good. Um, Philip Lindsay had seven rushes for 24 yards. That's nothing. He had one target, one catch, 11 yards. That's nothing. Now, we did get hurt. He missed the whole second half of the game with turf toe, and he's actually out for this game. Now, Melvin Gordon uh, had 15 carries for about 80 yards and a touchdown. He had three targets for three catches, only eight yards on those. It is a bit concerning with how good Pittsburgh's defense looked. They absolutely shut down the Giants. Uh, Barkley could not. The the average amount of yards Barkley got before first contact was negative three. 
negative three. That means he was getting hit as soon as he was getting the ball from Daniel Jones. If if the Steelers play that way against the Broncos, Melvin Gordon is in a fucking nightmare spot. But the volume is going to be there. And the passing down work is going to be there for him too. So I'm curious to see how Melvin Gordon handles the pressure of the Pittsburgh's defense. And I want to see how how much he's going to be utilized in the passing game now that he's he's the only guy there. Royce Freeman's not doing nothing. So Melvin Gordon's the guy that I'm watching for. Yeah, I think uh, Melvin Gordon looked pretty good this, uh, this past week. Uh, I think one player that impressed me last week for the Broncos is Drew Locke. He looked comfortable in the pocket. Uh, he's got a strong arm. Um, talking about Pittsburgh, though, I'm looking forward to Juju having another big game. Uh, you know, Roethlisberger looked pretty good. Uh, you mentioned Deontay Johnson. James Washington had a touchdown. Um, you know, Ebron's going to get a lot of looks in the red zone. So, like, Roethlisberger has a lot of weapons. Um, but the one player I'm looking forward to, you know, is is James Conner. The guy, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, on Sunday had an ankle injury. And now, today, he practices the full with no injury des- designation. So, it kind of makes you, like, yeah, like the guy was constantly banged up the last two years. When he got hurt, I was like, oh, here we go. Gonna be out with, you know, for half the season. Not the case. He's playing this weekend. So I'm looking for James Conner to have a nice game um, and get a bulk of the touches. Hey, yeah. real quick, before we go into the next team, I got to go get a drink. I need some caffeine because I'm also good. <laughs> All right, you go do that. I'm going to I'm gonna take over. I'm going to start talking about the next matchup. Was it Carolina and Carolina Tampa and Tampa Bay? Ooh, okay, that's a nice one. All right, that's a, that's a good one. All right, you go do you, boo. I'm gonna get this thing going. So the next matchup, as AJ alluded to, we have the 0-1 Carolina Panthers traveling to Florida to go against the 0-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now this one has a 47 and a half point over under, so expect some points being scored here. Tampa Bay is favored by eight and a half, so they're thinking. Tampa Bay is going to come out here and really work to get their offense going because, quite frankly, they get embarrassed on national TV. Drew Brees went out there, handled his business, and Tom Brady, um, he didn't look good in his debut, let's face it. And that's hard for me to say. I've been watching Tom Brady for 20 years, and he just he looked shook. And I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when, like when your ex-girlfriend starts dating another dude, and you're just like, man, like, she could have did better. Well, I was watching Tom Brady. Like, see, like, should you have left? I don't know. It doesn't look too good for you over there. But I do, however, think Tom Brady is going to bounce back. I think Tom Brady is going to have a monster game. I think that they're going to try to make a point to the whole NFL. I think they're going to put the NFL on notice with this one. I think they're going to come out and go for the neck. Chris Godwin entered the concussion protocol late, which is uh, really concerning. Now, he did turn in a practice today on Friday, which is interesting because Bruce Arians also came out and said that he's still listed as doubtful. So I don't know why you have Chris Godwin practice if you're going to list him as doubtful. So make sure you pay close attention to Chris Godwin's status. If he doesn't play, go to the wire, pick up Scotty Miller right now. Scotty Miller looked really good, even with Mike Evans and Godwin last week. Scotty Miller looked like the clear number three option over there. So uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, reports came out today saying that Mike Evans was 
already over the hump with his hamstring issue. We'll see if that's true or not because he only caught one ball for a two-yard touchdown. So Mike Evans wasn't really involved, had a bad game. Chris Godwin had a good reception and yardage game but didn't get in the end zone. Gronk didn't do nothing week one. So I'm looking for Tampa Bay to get out there. I'm looking for them to get back on the winning path. Um, but the guy that I'm watching for, right, AJ, you ready for this? Hopefully he had some caffeine because I'm about to wake you up. The player I am looking for is Ronald uh, fucking Jones. Uh, oh, God. If you have Ronald Jones on your team, fire him up this week. He absolutely dominated the carries. Let me go ahead and pull up the numbers right here. Oh, man, I'm so tired. It's so late. Okay. So, Ronald Jones had 17 rush attempts. Next highest was Leonard Fournette with five. And for the people out there, they're like, oh, Leonard Fournette, he has to get back into the swing of things. I tried telling everyone that he's he's a volume play. Leonard Fournette is very un- uh, inefficient. He needs big-time volume to be effective. On those five carries, he had five yards. Right? I don't know. Quick math here at 2 a.m. I'm pretty sure that's one yard to carry. Um, Ronald Jones had 17 for 66, which, I mean, is not necessarily great, but the, you like the rushing attempts. And he was also involved in the passing game. He actually out-targeted Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy. Uh, he had three targets. He brought in two of them for 16 yards. And one of them was like a, a touchdown-saving shoestring tackle, which if it didn't happen, Ronald Jones would have had a really big week. Um Carolina Panthers, I mean, they just gave it up last week to uh, Josh Jacobs. They let Josh Jacobs run wild, including a three-touchdown performance. I think Ronald Jones is in a smash spot right here. I think Tampa is going to be playing with a lead right here. Las Vegas also thinks they're going to be playing with a lead. I think that this is a really nice spot for them to get a running game going. And just the eye test, Ronald Jones looked really freaking good out there running the ball. He looked determined. He looked fast. He was hitting the holes. So I'm I'm looking for Ronald Jones to have a nice game right here against Carolina. Uh, I have him in a few lineups, and I have him on a few fantasy teams rather. And I am putting him on the table, and I'm putting him in my flex, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. I have to hear about you and Rojo one more time. Look, if, I don't know if, what I'm gonna if, do. if he doesn't get it done this week against Carolina, then I'm gonna lose a little hope. But I think that this is the spot, the spot. Listen. Your boy Rojo has a very, very small window of opportunity left. If he continues to not put out big games, Fournette is going to take over and there's no looking back because you cannot deny the fact Leonard Fournette is a thousand times better of a running back than Rojo. At this point, I don't know because Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette isn't an efficient runner. He's not efficient. He's He's been on a trash team. This offense, if Fournette gets a if Fournette gets a hold of this running, if this lead back role, the Tom Brady led offense with those weapons, he's gonna have a great season. It's just a matter of time. Well, we'll see what happens because right. let me you, talk about my Panthers. Oh, for real, okay? real quick, real quick, real quick. Did now were you able to watch the whole uh, Tampa Bay game against New Orleans last weekend? We were both working, but how much of it did you actually catch? I, whatever I saw in red zone, I didn't really. All right, go so too deep into you it. probably you probably didn't see it then, but Ronald Jones, if you just watch like his runs, he looked he looked like a whole different running back. Like he looked fast and he was making hard cuts. He actually looked good, and I'm not just saying that. He actually looked pretty good. Yeah, okay, talk I mean, about talk about your Panthers because what the fuck happened to DJ Moore? 
DJ, you know what? It's gonna take a little bit of a little bit of time, I think, for Teddy and, and DJ to. I mean, all the reports in camp were that they had a good chemistry already. Uh, I'm not worried about DJ Moore at all, and uh, I'm not worried about the Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to be a sneaky good team this year with Teddy Bridgewater leading them the way. Uh, but I mean, when it comes down to it, it's the Panthers. It's Christian McCaffrey. It's the most exciting player in football. So I'm looking forward to Christian McCaffrey just, you know, carrying the Panthers to a victory. Um, see, for us, it's every every Tampa game we're going to be watching Brady. It's just, it's never, there's no way around it. So, and I'm always going to be interested in seeing what Brady does. I'm still waiting for the Mike Evans, Tom Brady connection to really explode. It hasn't, I think one player to keep a close eye on this week is OJ Howard. If OJ Howard gets another, you know, a couple of red zone looks, another touchdown, you need to roster him immediately because Tom Brady loves two tight end sets and Gronk. I think Gronk's fine. I think he's healthy. I think he's in a you know a good mindset. But you know he sat out football for a year, and you know it, it, he I mean he did nothing. He was a non-factor. So um, that's a situation to watch the OJ Howard versus Gronk scenario because OJ Howard he got a touchdown. You know, and he he was a bust last year. So I think Tom, if Tom Brady likes somebody, they're gonna be a star. Uh, you hit. You, you already mentioned it with Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller, even with Godwin and Fournette, uh, Fournette uh, Godwin and Evans, when they're healthy, you can. I, I feel like you can still play Scotty Miller. And like yeah, as you receive the three in like a 12, 14 man league, I think he's gonna get a lot of targets. Tom Brady loves those guys, those Amendola, Edelman types. Scotty Miller falls right in line with that. So I think Scotty Miller is gonna have a a really big game this week. Uh, I mean, if Tampa was smart, you just sit Godwin out. I mean, con- concussion protocol is nothing to play with. He's listed as doubtful. Anytime there's a concussion reported late in the week, it's not good. So, I don't see Godwin playing. Uh, Evans, you know, should see an uptick in targets, I would hope. I mean, what the hell happened last week? Who knows? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just to, to me it's it's just the Christian McCaffrey show. And I'm gonna be sitting there watching it with a big bowl of butter popcorn and a greasy half life chicken leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it must be getting late if we're breaking out anchor man quotes right now. Okay, so obviously in this one we're both taking Tampa Bay, right? I'm going upset. I'm going Carolina. You're gonna say Carolina over Tampa Bay, you kidding me? Keep pounding baby, let's get it. Oh my God! Listen, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't turn the ball over. All right, Tom was turning the ball ball over last week, and I think I think uh, Tampa's defense, the defensive line is really good. I mean, they have some playmakers, but you know the best way to counter a good, strong defensive line in front seven is to get that ball out quick. You got DJ Moore, who's a great route runner, and you got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. So I think Teddy's going to get the ball out quick. And I think the Panthers are going to uh, get it up. Wow. How about this live on air? Let's put five on it. Let's put five bucks on it. Five bucks. Yeah. PayPal bet. Five bucks. I got I got uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, you got Carolina. All right. Done uh, deal. 
All right, let's move over to the next game. Oh, we finally hit the four o'clock games. Let's hurry up through these because, yeah, I'm trying to get to sleep. All right, uh, the 1-0 Washington football team versus the 1-0 uh, Arizona Cardinals. Arizona's the home favorite by six and a half. There's a 46.5 over under. So that's a nice spot. That's pretty decent points right there. Uh Arizona looked really good. Kyler Murray looked great. The The rushing there was more than I expected. Uh, he had 13 carries for 91 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, but the big... Now, I already talked about DeAndre Hopkins earlier in the week. Um, I talked about how I kind of took like a premature victory lap. Because um, a lot of people were kind of like... DeAndre Hopkins' ADP started falling a bit. People were worried about Christian Kirk's targets and Larry Fitzgerald's targets. I was on the it's, mind state that it's, that, that it's DeAndre Hopkins, and you're going <clears> to <throat> throw it to him every chance you get. And after one week, it's a victory lap because he had 14 catches for 151 yards, and he should have had a receiving touchdown, which would have absolutely exploded this stat line even more. He ended up getting down at the one-yard line. Kenyon Drake ended up finishing it off with a one-yard touchdown run. But Hopkins looked great. Kyler Murray looked great. Uh, Kenyon Drake looked great. Uh, you know, start start all your Cardinals. Including the defense. Including the defense. Now, on the Washington side, now you are the proud owner of Haskins, right, in our Dynasty League. So yeah, he's, he's riding the pine now. <laughs> I traded for Drew Brees and I drafted Joe Burrow. So, oh, that's right. Haskins is only getting in on a bye week. All right. So, I think for Washington, we can keep this one simple, right? You start McLaurin. That's about it. Uh, start McLaurin and a player to watch for me is, is Antonio Gibson still. I think we still need to watch this kid. They kind of, I feel like they're kind of easing him into it a little bit. They're not, you know, Peyton Barber had how many carries and how many touchdowns? Like, yeah, it was, it, he had two rushing touchdowns, but his yards per carry were garbage. As they usually are. So, uh, I know in the few touches that Gibson got, he was productive. So, uh, I mean, keep an eye on that. Yeah, I'm going to... I think the kid's talented enough to, to run away with the job at some point. Yeah, he could. Uh, the person that I'm really keeping an eye on is Kenyon Drake. I wasn't in on Drake in the in the uh, in the draft season. Uh, I ended up getting more shares of him than I expected because he really fell in a few spots. Um, but he he still looked really good week one, and now he has uh, the Washington football team. Uh, I think this could be a big Kenny and Drake game. Uh, let's move on. Oh, who are you picking in this one? I'm going Cardinals. I think uh, I think the Kyler Hopkins combo is just fantastic and so much fun to watch. So. I, I don't see Washington beat, uh, beating them. All right. Now, I agree with you. I'm picking Arizona in that one. Next up, we have uh, – well, I mean, this one could be better. But anytime you get to see the Chiefs play, it's a good game. <clears throat> you have the undefeated Chiefs going against the undefeated Chargers. Now, there's a 47.5 point over under, but the Kansas City Chiefs are favored by 8.5. Um, I mean, start all you Chiefs, Mahomes, Clyde, uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, even Sammy Watkins to a certain extent. Play all those guys, feel good about it. Um, the Chargers side, I I don't know how long Tyrod Taylor is going to keep this job. He really doesn't look good. He really doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I like, I've like i said a few times now, I like Tyrod Taylor. I think, 
I feel like you like Tyrod Taylor the person. No, I, I think he not be alert. Fantasy wise, he's not that great. When he was in Buffalo, he was good enough. Uh, like I won a championship starting with Tyrod Taylor. The Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> the, the Buffalo one. <laughs> the Buffalo one. Maybe, but no, I mean, Tyrod, Ty, like he doesn't, he's a smart quarterback. He's a great leader. Um, Again, you know, it's a, it's a new player in a new system. But the thing is, though, with Tyrod, he knows that system because he's played for a coach before. So I kind of expect a little more out of him in week one. Um, it was against the Bengals. They just made they just made uh, Baker Mayfield look like a MVP candidate. Yeah, I mean, and Tyrod Taylor goes sixteen for thirty for two hundred yards. That's it. All right, you know, Herbert's gonna start at some point this year. It's not gonna happen yet though, because I think the Chargers are gonna win games. Uh, however, they're not going to win this week. Even though the Chargers, Chargers always play the Chiefs hard. They always play them tough. Um, but yeah, it's just not going to happen this week. Uh, I think the player... Uh, I'll mention two quick players on each team real quick. All right. I want to see Clyde do it again. The kid came out. The kid balled out. His first game as a pro. 130 plus yards. A touchdown. Um, you know... And he made it look easy. Mm-hmm. Like it looked, re- it looked very easy for him. So, and he, he didn't I mean, even really get involved in the passing game, which is one of no. the key cogs of his game. This this kid is is something special. Um, and then on the Chargers side, Ken Allen has to he has to get more targets. He has to get more involved in this offense. If this team wants to win, I mean, I know Eckler didn't get the main touches either. Eckler Eckler has to get the touches also, but. The best player on this team is Keenan Allen. He's pro- he could be the best route runner in the league. He's got phenomenal hands. They need to get him the ball at all costs. And the the Chiefs, the Chiefs past is not that great. So I, I'm looking for Keenan Allen to have a bounce back game. And I think and I look to see. I, I think Clyde is going to do it again. So I mean, those are two guys I'm looking for. Uh, who are you uh, focusing on this? This matchup. Well, there's a few things on the Chargers side of the ball that I'm going to be watching for. Uh, the first one is the running back situation. Austin Eckler had 19 rushing attempts, which is crazy. I think he only hit that mark one time last year when Melvin Gordon missed the first four weeks. On those 19 rushing attempts, he only had 84 yards because he's not he's not the running back you want to be giving that kind of work. He's not that guy. He's the pass-catching guy. I've said this before. You guys know I'm not an Austin Eckler fan, but he's a spectacular pass-catcher when you get him the ball in space. He had one target. That is crazy. That is unacceptable for Austin Eckler. This dude should be second or maybe third on the team in targets. He had one. So that's something that they need to correct. He he should be second every week. Now, they're going to be losing (laughs) for sure against the Chiefs. So maybe the Chargers come out and they try to use Austin Eckler as a pass catcher more. So I'm going to be watching to see what they do there. And then the wide receivers, Mike Williams had nine targets, caught eight for about 70 yards. Keenan Allen had eight targets. Mike Williams had more targets than Keenan Allen. They both caught caught four, but Mike Williams had 70 yards. Keenan Allen at 37. I am scared to death 
to play these guys because Tyrod Taylor is horrifying. Um, for me, I, I don't have any shares of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or Austin Eckler. If I did, I'd probably be trying to sell them on their name right now. And like, I'm jumping ship. I'm not on the Chargers. They, as long as Tyrod is there throwing the ball, I do not feel good about their offense. I mean, I just think Ken Allen's too good of a player. I mean, yeah, you can try to move him, but I'm still, I'm still very comfortable with Ken Allen. Mike Williams, I'm not. I haven't, I've never been comfortable with Mike Williams. He's too uh, boomer bust. But every every time Ken Allen, I'm fine with. Every time Mike Williams catches the ball down the field, it looks like he gets into a car crash. Like he hits the ground yeah, so goddamn hard. Yeah. And like every time he goes down, I'm always afraid if he's gonna get up and stay in the game because it's like, dude, it looks like you just get hit by a bus. Yeah, I know. He, the guy, that's probably why he's always hurt. Uh, all right, so I think this is a unanimous. The Chiefs. Yeah, the one Chiefs. All right, next. All right, so now real quick, just to make it a little more fun, if for the pick'em, if I gave you ten points with the Chargers, would you take the Chargers then plus ten, or would you still take the Chiefs? Still Chiefs. <laughs> Not yet. And if they had Philip Rivers, if they had Philip Rivers, they had Rivers and it's they had a whole Durham, different game. If they had Rivers and Darwin James, I would think about it. But probably right. still go Chiefs. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. We have the one and no Baltimore Ravens versus the 0 and 1 Texans. Texans are at home. Baltimore is a road favorite by a whole touchdown, seven points. An over under of 50. Highest over, uh, actually, no, second highest over under on the week. So, uh, start everyone from this game that you can. Now, uh, Deshaun Watson got bailed out in garbage time week one. He ended up scoring, like, I think, like 13 points in the fourth quarter, which was pretty crazy. He had that rushing touchdown that saved his week. The Ravens looked so good week one. Granted, it was against the Browns, uh, but the Ravens looked great. Lamar Jackson looked awesome. Uh, I think you start all your Ravens here. I think you could feel really good about starting Hollywood Brown. He was more involved than I thought. Looked really good. Mark Andrews, two touchdown performance. One of them was a was a flex one-hander in the back of the end zone. Um, starting all the Ravens and on the Texans side of the ball. Bad matchups, but I feel like you kind of have to start Deshaun Watson. You have to start David Johnson. Uh, Will Fuller, as long as he's healthy, you start him. And Brandon Cooks. I don't even know if he's going to play yet. If he does, I'm probably still fading him because I don't know how much he's actually going to be utilized. Week yeah, one, he's, week he's one he under. played. Yeah, week one he played, but he only had like three targets. Yeah. Um, see, Brennan Cooks is tough because I have him in a couple leagues, and I'm not – I've noticed people start dropping him. I'm not ready to drop him yet because he does have a ton of potential in that offense. So I'm not dropping Brennan Cooks yet. I'm going to – I'm not starting him. But I'm definitely not cutting him. So I'm, I'm going to keep him on the bench now. Um, yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson, the, the guy is unreal. So um, we don't even have to talk about Lamar Jackson. I think, you know, my guy Hollywood Brown, I'm loving it. He had 100 yards uh, receiving last week, week one. He's going to do a lot of the same. The guy is just too talented and too much of a vocal point of that offense, which is a very dangerous passing offense to to be ignored. I think he's gonna have another huge game. Um, I'm interested to see what J.K. Dobbins does. He got, the kid gets two touchdowns in his first game ever. I, I want to see him. They seem they seem like they're gonna give him some some red zone work, but I mean, it came out this week that 
the Ravens are just gonna play not only the hot hand, but they're gonna they're gonna have game plan each week differently. So like JK Dobbins might not even see the field this week. Who knows? Like it's gonna be tough. Um but I'll tell you right now, the second that Ingram gets banged up or or whatever, you know, and it forces JK in there more, this kid is gonna be a stud. So I mean JK Dobbins, I'm gonna be watching him. Uh, Houston's defense is like non-existent. They just, I mean, JJ Watt. I mean, everybody loves JJ Watt, but I mean, this guy kind of. I don't want to be disrespectful and say this man fell off, but I can't remember the last time I seen JJ Watt make it like an impact play to change the game. This guy was like a two-time defensive player of the year. Like, just I, I don't know what it is, man, but he's not really making the impact so that that the anchor of the defense is that they just don't have it so i think lamar is going to just fall out i think mark andrews is going to do his thing hollywood's going to do his thing i uh, i mean i don't know but yeah like you said you have to start deshaun you have to start david johnson um you have to start wolf fuller wolf fuller when he's healthy is a, a fantastic receiver and he's healthy so roll with him yeah, the the play I'm gonna be watching for is Mark Ingram. <clears throat> Ingram had the draft capital. Uh week one he only had ten rushing attempts for twenty nine yards, no touchdowns, not even a target in the passing game. Dobbins was on the field more than I expected, so I'm gonna see if Mark Ingram uh gets more carries this week. Uh because again, he's the guy, he's the running back you wanted. He was a sneaky pickup coming off a really nice year last year, even though you and I both thought that he would not be able to duplicate the uh, the touchdowns that he put up last year. But, I mean, 10 attempts, like, in a blowout nonetheless, you'd think that they just rely on Mark, uh, Mark Ingram to just put the game away. But that wasn't really the case. They kind of they kind of mixed it up between him and Dobbins more than I expected. And Gus Edwards still got in there, which is frustrating. So I want to see what Mark Ingram does in a game where they should be controlling it for the majority of the game. Yeah. So who you got? I'm taking Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going Baltimore. Okay. AJ, we made it. Sunday night football. And this is a good one. We have the undefeated Patriots traveling to Seattle to go against the undefeated Seahawks. Um, Seattle's the home favorite by three and a half, 45 point over under. That's on the low side. Uh, again, I think this is another scenario where you start all your Seahawks, start Lockett, start DK, start Carson, start Russell Wilson. Uh, I feel really good about those four. All of them. I don't feel that good. I don't feel that good about Lockett. Well, why is that? Gilmore. Yeah, but Gilmore is probably going to be on DK. I think, right? Uh DK is huge. No, I don't know. I feel like DK. I think. I think. Honestly, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. If you have those guys, you kind of have to start them. But the Pats have the best secondary in the league. Let's not forget that. Yeah, but it's not like they're going against a slouch at quarterback here. Like they're going against Russell Wilson, and I think DK Metcalf to a level and Lockett to an extent are both like borderline unguardable players. Lockett is fantastic running routes, and DK is just bigger than everybody. So I think that the Seahawks will be fine here. I think the Patriots' defense is definitely going to fight. But for DK and Lockett, it really only takes one big play to make their fantasy week. If you drafted those guys, they have the equity. So like you said, you kind of have to start them. But I'm starting them, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, I mean, 
if you have money, team kind of start them, but I think it could be a rough outing. Um, it is in Seattle, so it's always very hard. Even if there's no fans, it's very hard to play in that stadium. Um, now, for the Patriots side, are you going to play the New England Patriots uh, superstar running back, Cam Newton? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I we need we need Cam to get more interested in the passing game. I mean, I, I love the fact when I saw. When I saw how he was running the ball on Sunday, I was excited. I'm like, this is the Cam Newton that I fell in love with when he was a rookie. I mean, granted, he, he threw a lot when he was a rookie, but I'm like, just the way he ran the ball, the way like he, he does the he does the RPO better than anybody. Like he really does. Like he's so patient with it. He more than more often than not makes the right call. I mean, the guy had 75 yards rushing and two touchdowns in his first first game as a pass. So, um, I'm excited if he came in this week. I, I'm just excited. I love. I mean, obviously, everyone knows we're pass fans. I love Sunday night football. It's my favorite time to watch football. I love playing Seattle. Whatever it is, I mean, maybe it brings me back to the Malcolm Butler interception in the Super Bowl. But I just love playing Seattle. It's usually a great game. Um. Yeah, so on the Patriots side, I'm looking. I mean, I know we were talking about Cam, but I'm I'm also looking at our tight ends. I mean, again, week one they really weren't that existent. Uh, Ryan Izzo, Ryan Izzo had one catch, I think one catch. Uh, Devin Asiasi, a guy who I'm I'm high on. He's a sleeper, right? He's a big time sleeper in my opinion. He he didn't get look. He only played like he barely played. No targets. Um, Dalton Keen, another guy, uh, he's banged up. I'm not sure if he suited up. I can't remember. I don't know. He didn't make an impact if he did play because he had zero catches. Um, it's just, I'm just waiting for one of these tight ends to to kind of take over. I mean, I know there's two rookies and still they're still really young, but I'm most surprised that Bill's not, or McDaniels isn't utilizing the tight end more. See, for me, the player that I'm really excited about is Nikhil Harry. And Nikhil Harry was second on the team in targets. He was only one target behind Edelman. He had five for 39, which isn't great. He did have the one ugly fumble, which was like a game changer because he fumbled it into the end zone, which resulted in a touchback for the, for the Dolphins. If he just holds on to that ball for like another two inches, then all of a sudden he has a way bigger fantasy day. And we'd, we'd be talking about how good of a pick he was late in your fantasy draft. Um, yeah, so Nikhil Harry is the one for me I'm easily watching the most because he looked the part. He looked like a big physical receiver, and Cam Newton had eyes for him. Now only two wide receivers on the whole team even got a target. Only two. Edelman and Harry. Nobody else even got a target. Against Seattle... Seattle is a team that could be winning this game throughout. They're not going to go wire to wire like they did against the Dolphins. So I think Cam Newton is going to be forced to try to pass it a little more. I do think the running is still going to be there, though. Um, I think this is going to be a really fun game. Now, I'm going to let you pick first. Who are you picking? Uh, I, man, it's tough. You know, call me a homer. I'm going to England. I just think as great 
as Russell Wilson is, and as good as those two receivers are locking DKR. And Chris Carson, we didn't even talk about Chris Carson. He's a stud. The Pats defense, I mean, on paper, a lot of people around the league are like, oh, man, Hightower, Chung, they're sitting out. They're opting out. Um, I love what we did in the draft. You know, Kyle Duggar lit up training camp. I mean, I, I know we only had one game, so these kids aren't really making an impact yet. But I'm telling you right now, Belichick knows what he's doing. He goes out there, he gets these young, just freakishly gifted uh, defensive players. And I think they're just going to fit in the system. So, you know, we got we got Kyle Duggar, we got Josh Uche, we got, you know, Anthony Jennings. Is, and it's like Jawan Bentley was hurt last year. He comes back now. Jawan Bentley is in the, the Dante Hightower role in the middle. So, I mean, that, that kid's a fucking, he's a monster. So, I, I think we have a very young and a very, you know, physically just athletic, powerful defense. I think it's going to match up well against Seattle. And I think the Pats are going to upset. I think Cam Newton has another good game. Um, Yeah, call me a homer. Going to England. You know, Cam just has, like, that contagious smile. Um, so I'm just going to take the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to pick against that team. I, I, you know, yeah. I've never... In the Tom Brady era, I have never went into a game thinking that we weren't going to win. And Brady may be gone, but Cam is a winner. And I am, I'm, I'm jumping out right on, I'm staying on the train. We're going to win in Seattle. 12th man won't be there. Let's get it. Yeah, it'll be a fair game because it'll be 11 against 11, right? Instead yeah. of 11 on 12. Yeah, All absolutely. right. Final game. Let's move over to the final game. Uh, we're going to be approaching 3 a.m. soon, so let's uh, let's hammer this one out. We have the 1-0 Saints against the 1-0 Raiders, and New Orleans is the road favorite by six, and there's a 49-point over-under, so points are to be had in this one. And this one got a whole lot more interesting when Michael Thomas is – well, he hasn't technically been ruled out yet, but they're not going to let him play. And if he I does hope play, they don't. If he does play, he's just going to be a decoy. So if he is active, do not start him because he has a high ankle. We saw players try to come back from this thing, and they're just not themselves. Saquon Barkley had this happen to him last year. Uh, He took like one week off, came back, and he just wasn't effective. And it took him multiple weeks before he looked like his old self. So whatever you do, do not start Mike uh, Michael Thomas, even if he is active. Um, For the Raiders side, Josh Jacobs absolutely exploded week one. He ended up having 25 carries for 93 yards and three rushing touchdowns. On top of that, he had six targets in the passing game, caught four for 46. He has he was the number one overall scoring running back week one. Now he's going against the Saints defense. Saints defense is nasty. I'm not expecting Josh Jacobs to get off like he did. I think Josh Jacobs will be okay. Probably more in like the 13 to 14 point range, not so much in the 35 point range. Um, but to be honest, I'm excited about this one. I think the Raiders, the Raiders look pretty good. Now, if Henry Ruggs doesn't play, then I don't think it's going to be all that close. The Raiders need Henry Ruggs to play. Um, but Henry Ruggs is playing. I hope he does. Now, he was questionable. I don't think he practiced today, but they're playing on Monday night. So you have a decision to make, a lineup decision. If you leave Ruggs in there and he sits, 
you're kind of screwed because you can't really pick up anybody unless they're on the Raiders or the Saints. So you really have to have an idea of what you're doing on Sunday. So hopefully news comes out before the one o'clock games on Sunday. So we can at least have an idea of what's in store, but the player that I am looking for, and you're going to like this one. I might even be stealing your guy. Oh boy. How about Jared cook? Let's go. Jared cook. Week one, five catches, 80 yards looked great. And if there's no Michael Thomas, like, so it's going to be Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook catching passes. Like, let's let's fire up your Jared Cook. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you already know. Everybody knows Jared Cook's my guy. The guy's a beast. There's no other way around it. He is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Probably the most accurate quarterback I've ever witnessed. Uh, and Jared Cook is just a big, you know, freak show athletic tight end that uh, has good hands. He can go up and get it. So, yeah, Jared Cook, I think he's going to have a big game. I think, uh, I mean, I'm more looking at the Kamara situation. I think Kamara is going to ball out again like he did in week one. Um, this may sound crazy, but I kind of think I like the Raiders in this game. I was actually going to say the same thing, but I'm not as sold as you are that Henry Ruggs plays. And if Ruggs doesn't play, <clears throat> I think that the Saints are going to be just fine. I don't even one. think it's just, I don't even think it's just Henry Ruggs though. I think, I think Darren Waller is going to have a much bigger role this week. And week one, he just wasn't impressed, but Darren Waller is going to have a much bigger role, especially if Ruggs don't play. And Josh Jacobs coming off the best game of his career. I think he's just going to continue on having another big game. I think Jacobs is uh, the real deal. Yeah. And, but the, uh, he's the starting off on a major heater right now. Yeah. But the problem, though, is on the other side of the ball, they also have a running back that's fairly decent, and he's also coming off a heater, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Kamara's going to have a big game, too, but... I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting. Raiders are going to be playing in the unbelievable stadium. I mean, John uh, Gruden wants this thing to be called the Death Star. Like this stadium is so fantastic that I kind of hope that I hope that the the Raiders go out there and get their first win of the season over there because that is one gnarly looking stadium. Uh, real quick before we get off on ESPN, they have like ticket prices on the games. And it tells you like as low as, and it gives you like a figure. Um, the second highest figure for ticket prices for week two looks like it's going to be in Indianapolis. The Colts is looks like tickets start as low as two hundred bucks. To put it in perspective, the the brand new stadium for the Raiders tickets as low as six hundred forty-two dollars. Yeah, pass. that that's the low point. That stadium is bonkers i'd love to go there one day but <laughs> no thank you not for that much money yeah, definitely not. okay so who are you picking in this one and then we can get out of here you said you kind of like the raiders Do you feel good enough to take them here yeah i'm gonna take the raiders upset you're gonna take the raiders all right i'm gonna take the saints um yeah so that's gonna do it we did the preview uh it took a while very late we probably had some mistakes in there but we roll with it um, this is your late night fantasy. Now you can take yeah. that for how you want. I might have left that a little open ended. You think late night fantasy? You might not be thinking football, but 
This is what we do. Listen, we're thinking football. I don't know what you guys are thinking. We're ready to go. <laughs> I was thinking about Ronald, I was thinking about Ronald Jones. I, I knew you were. Uh, you, you know what? Let, let's have some fun with it. Pick out of all these games, pick one player that you're the most excited about. Out of all these, I'm going to go first. Give you a second to think. I'm obviously the most excited. I want to see what Ronald Jones does against the Panthers defense. I think he's going to shred. I think that he's going to get upwards of 20 carries. I think he's going to get in the end zone at least one time. And I think he's going to catch a handful of targets as well. So I feel really good about Ronald Jones this week. I feel really good about Zach Moss. I think uh, I think Miami's run defense is just terrible. Uh, the Bills are notorious for just pounding the rock. And I think, I think Zach Moss has his breakout game this week. All right. So... Hopefully you guys enjoyed the week two breakdown. We got to get out of here. It is way too late and we've been going for way too long. Uh, any AJ, is there anything you want to say in closing? Uh, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> I'm tired and I just want to get out there. I'm looking forward to a Sunday full of football. Everything is right in the world. Yep. I hear you. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about going on, on Facebook live tomorrow to answer some star sit questions i don't know what time but keep your uh, keep your eyes open on that i might get on there for a little while maybe like 20 30 minutes to answer some questions i think that could be kind of fun all right yeah that sounds good all right so aj i'll talk to you next time listeners thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you guys on the next episode